Hello and welcome to My Entertainment World's annual Blue Jays Roundtable podcast. This is one of my very favorite things we do on the website, which is get together some of our very favorite Blue Jays fans just to talk about the game, look forward towards the season, and check in on the young players we have, who we're excited about, who we're maybe a little bit worried about, and uh, just take a look at the league as a whole, the Blue Jays specifically, and how the season is going. Um, so this year's panelists are uh, Luis Fernandez, Melissa Wright, and Mackenzie Longprey, all of whom you've heard from before if you follow our annual Blue Jays podcast. Um, so definitely go check out what they've had to say about past seasons. There's some really great stuff there. Again, it's my favorite podcast of the season. Um, I might be a little bit biased, but you should go check that out. That's all available in our podcast feed at, um, if you search My Entertainment World on Apple Podcasts. It's also all available on our website, myentertainmentworld.ca, along with our all, all of our other coverage, uh, much of which features these three panelists. So go check that out there. Make sure to follow us on Twitter and Instagram at myentworld, my E-N-T world, and um, yeah, I just, I think that's all I need to tell you before we get started. So I hope you enjoy the roundtable. I'm your host, Kelly Bedard. You'll hear me a little bit. And um, that's it. Go Jays. Um, okay. Hi, everybody. Uh, my name is Melissa Wright. I am a Jays fan, the only type of fan you should be. You can't tell, but I'm wearing a new Peace Collective Jays shirt um, that's too large and too heavy, but is lovely nonetheless. Um, so yeah, I've been a Jays fan uh, since I was a little kid. I used to go to the ball games with my dad. Um, he was until it shut down an usher at the Rogers Center. So for the last few seasons, uh, he has gotten me better seats than I've ever had. So that's been really nice. Um, but yeah. Um, so what am I most excited about? Or do you want to do introductions and then I do that? Uh, yeah. Let, well, okay. Let's do no. Let's do your your. What are you excited about? And what are you worried about? All, the full round, and then if you want to comment on anybody's, we can like just, go. Just yeah. Then we'll we'll bob and weave. Okay. We don't got it. need a structure. It's like a yeah bantery podcast. Banter. Okay. Love it. Um. What am I most excited about? Oh, okay. What am I most excited about? I'm most excited about some of the people that I honestly don't know. Um. I think like the you know you've got your core of three young players, which like hopefully are great, but. But also, like, you know, Jonathan Davis getting some more time. There's some new kid called Palacios who, like, typically they're new kid to me until they do something worthwhile. And he did something worthwhile in his, like, first game. So I think that that's it. I think there's uh, a few wild cards that um, I'm excited to see just kind of, like, play. I think, like, baseball is always more fun when people remember that it is a game um, and that, you know, they, they love it for, or they're supposed to love it for a reason. So when kind of everybody remembers that, I think it pulls a lot of pressure off. And what I'm most worried about is, is like George Springer. I'm not going to lie. <laughs> like I, he seems great. I mean, I'm also still a little mad at Houston um, and their whole, like, why, why didn't everybody just like get over it? Stop throwing garbage cans on the field. Like, don't even get me started. Um, and the fact that he's already kind of hurt, uh, and I know they're being cautious and baseball is a long season, but you know, when you put out a lot of money for something and you're not immediately seeing not even big returns, but like small returns, it's like, I don't know, I guess it's the banker in me. I get a little worried and investments <laughs> don't, uh, don't start to yield show any kind of positive yield right away. Right. So that's, that's what I would say. 
cool. I guess that's my turn then. Uh, this is Luis Fernandez speaking. I am an actor, but I also work with Melissa's dad. I am a Rogers Center employee <laughs> uh, since, since 1995. So it has been some time, I guess, a Skydome employee. Um, obviously, that comes with mixed feelings with all of this. Um, I'm just going to jump right into my least excited and most excited, uh, and then worried. I'm going to do all three of those things. Um, I'm going to start with my most excited, I guess, just to see like our players, all the young guys that we've been following, even before they entered the team properly, uh, just continuing to see their like development. I think that the shift, especially since the 2015 and 16 season is from success in the immediate and into like sort of this long game of watching these players develop. And I don't know, you have to be a real baseball fan to enjoy that, as we know, because a lot of people like immediate success, like winning. Um, and so for me, like this last couple of years, including this year, the expectation is just to like see them improve, not necessarily to see them win. So if looking at it from that perspective, I think it's very exciting. The Blue Jays are very exciting. Whether or not they're going to make the playoffs and win everything is not this, the point. And that's the way I look at it. Um, in terms of least excited, I would agree with Melissa. Although I think Springer is a great acquisition and the kind of acquisition that Toronto will always get because whenever there's something that makes someone unpopular and they're a little bit cheaper, that's when we get it. Um, <laughs> obviously, big team monies with big money or teams with big money did not need to take a player that's a toxic asset to most people. Um, I still see him as that. And I'm sure he'll do amazing and he'll hit a lot of home runs and he'll win some games. And I that obviously will make me change my tune sometimes. But ultimately, I do remember what he did and his place in that and one of the ringleaders and masterminds of it so hard to like this guy to be honest um and then finally like least excited about for me is just or most worried about uh would be that they do so well but i can't be a part of it <laughs> because working at the stadium you know those two playoff seasons were my only playoff seasons in two freaking decades working at a place so for me to see them do it again potentially this year and have absolutely nothing to do with it kind of really bothers me so and also like it's a bit confusing because i always want to see jays do well uh but really to like watch as a spectator and not be part of that is is hard yeah um i am mac longpray i'm a musician and um a longtime jays fan and um what were the what were the guiding questions, Kelly? Most excited. What are you most excited about, and what are you most worried about? Most worried about, and then Lewis, you had a you had a you had an, an yeah. There was least excited or most worried about. I didn't know which one to pick, so I just did both. That was just that. Cool. Okay. <laughs> so, okay, I think I'm most excited. I've told this to a couple people where I think this this might be my favorite baseball team ever. And they could lose a hundred games, and it would still be my favorite baseball team ever. There's something about this uh, group of uh, young players that's like so sweet. They're so <laughs> and Vlad and Bo are so in love with each other, and like Lourdes Gurriel is like so sweet too. And you just see like the group of them all hanging out at the end of the dugout together, and like I yeah I. I grew up in New York, uh, and as a kid, I was a big Yankee fan, and I was growing up in like the late 90s when the Yankees were arguably the best teams ever. And I would say that those late 90s Yankees teams are my favorite teams ever, but I think that this Blue Jay team I like as much. And I like this Blue Jay team more than the 2015-2016 team as well, 
because that team was a juggernaut and God, they were fun, but the personalities were sometimes a little, maybe a little harder to get behind, or at least a lot of what was written about them was that like the clubhouse was a little bit more cagey, a little bit more, uh, everyone stuck to their, stuck to themselves a bit. We're like this clubhouse. It just seems so, I mean, we don't know, maybe they're all fighting, but like, (laughs) it it just seems like they all love each other and it's like so sweet i love yeah that. guerrero had his arm around the shed like they're like, like like in the dugout while the it game was i've never seen baseball players like that before Dude, like that it close. wasn't even the arm around he actually gave his shoulder a squeeze too yeah so cute oh that's that's real love sitting <laughs> with your arm around that's like a squeeze oh yeah so I'm just like, like I'm like and a side hug kind of that's like yeah it's it's past that and there was like there's a story about how like obviously they, a lot of these players have been together for a long time through the minor leagues and John Schneider they're they're one of the coaches on the team as well was the coach in Buffalo Buffalo or in New Hampshire yeah but the Bisons I thought and so he's known them for a while and there was like Bo gave an interview the other day where he said really the only people on this team that can like critique my game are the people who've been with me the whole time. Vlad, uh, Lourdes, and John Schneider. He was he like named those three right away. He's like, those are the people that can talk to me. And it's like <laughs> they can say anything they want to me. And it's like, God, I love it. I love these guys. They're so fun. Um, I would say my most worried, the thing that I'm most apprehensive about, it's like like my general happiness riding on the uh, the success of a 22 year old Vladimir Guerrero Jr. <laughs> like every at bat, I mean, he's off to a crazy start. He's looking so good. Yeah. Over 500 on base percentage right now, which is like wow. Um, and he looks so comfortable too. He looks, he looks so com- like so much more than last year. Like, oh like God. honestly, he's like motivated me to get fit. Like all of his fitness stuff in the off season. I'm like, man, if like Vladdy can do it, I can fucking do 30 minutes of squats. Like that's yeah. fine. <laughs> if Vladdy can get his butt into shape, and I feel like that's why he put so much of it online because he was like, everyone's gonna say my weight's been talked about so much that it's like, you know, I'm gonna put in the work and I'm gonna prove it. So right. no, what, no what's so interesting that. too is that they always say that that would help. You know what I mean? Like we've seen a lot of bigger players in the past that have been killer, and but they mm-hmm. always they always argue that if he was more fit, he'd be better. And like he's kind of putting that to to like actual like the truth now. It's like oh, I didn't I didn't know if that actually would matter. I thought that was more of just maybe fad shaming. Like why would yeah. you, so, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, like I guess it's, some weird. Isn't there some weird explanation that always sounds a little bit fake and excuse makey? That's like something about with pitchers and and big like home run hitters. There's something about the velocity of having that like, weight behind like, the bat like, or something. <laughs> is that totally fiction? I feel like I've heard that. I, I, I think everyone's swing is so different. I'd imagine yeah. some people need it. Others have more of a technique. Like. You know, a swing like Ken Griffey Jr.'s, I like, which is always talked about, looks more like a golf swing with its like beautiful. Those are just no power behind it, so it really depends on the kind of batter you are, I guess. But I would imagine it has to be somewhat true. I know I can't. But I think hit. it's also it's like a strength thing. It's like if he's stronger in himself, whether or not he you know mm-hmm. has gained or lost ten pounds, I think that comes with it too. So yeah. it's like, do and, you and do you feel strong? Yeah, like do you feel strong in like every other aspect? But but mm-hmm. man, he's making like splits. He's catching balls from splits on first. 
first he time it happened, good. I was like, legit. I'm like, he's down. Like, that's it. He's born <laughs> something. Like, we've lost him. And then he just got up. And I was like, dude, did Vlad just split? Mark was not paying attention. I'm like, no, like, replay. Like, watch it. That's another thing, Melissa. That, that, like, um, I'm so that, like, my emotions ride, like, injuries just across baseball, I feel like right now are just so prevalent. Like, you do the beginning of the season, sure, but I feel like this season, for some reason, so many people are injured. Obviously, on the Blue Jays, it's a real, it's been a real issue. Injuries have like affected the team in a huge way already. The um, is so much. So. Hopefully, this is the nadir of that. Hopefully, everybody just starts getting healthy and, and yeah, better like, now than like at the end of the year when yeah. you're really struggling for that playoff spot. Or you know what I mean? Like, or like you're pushing for something. Yeah, but, but they I showed their. Every they showed time. their pitching staff, uh, Matt, Mac, and like their pitching staff on the DL looks as strong as anyone's pitching staff. It's like, wow, that <laughs> DL is so good. Like, it's like <laughs> closer to the stars and the fucking Tommy John ward, I guess. Um, but, um, Very true. Every time Vlad sprints down to first base, you know, like, every <laughs> single time, like three times a game, I'm just like, oh, don't pull up with a hamstring strain, you know. Yeah. Like every single player is so delicate in my eyes. And now, yeah. Well, that's how I feel every time a uh, shoemaker fields a play. I'm always oh. like, please God, no. <laughs> but even like, but you're right. Like any of them, like Bo last night was like hustling down to first. Uh, like I was watching last night's game and he, he got there and he, it, was originally out it got overturned but he kind of looked the way that he landed on the bag I was like oh that doesn't like you know it's that look of kind of like you tweak something and then all of a sudden you're out of the game and you're gone for two months or something like that so I kind of was like don't bother it's fine just like you didn't get there just don't stress yourself out that's a Josh Donaldson you just put a hundred percent in every time you're scared like hurt yourself you know it's like Jesus I would say Josh Donaldson Brett Lowry man he was like he was the OG (laughs) jumping into the wells I love that uh, George Springer injured himself, uh, a, a different injury uh, than what he was rehabbing. He injured his quad while rehabbing his oblique. Like, to me, that's the most baseball thing I've ever heard. <laughs> right. It's like pitcher comes back for one thing and it's like, now you have a blister. It's like, well, you haven't done anything for two weeks. How do you have a blister? Yeah, exactly. God. Yeah. I, I always wonder, and like I don't, I, I don't, I'm not an advocate for that tough it, tougher baseball players, but like I wonder, like in the past, like it seems like players would like be bleeding from their hands and they're still gonna go. Like yeah. I really I'm not to say that I don't I just agree or disagree with it, but it just seems like it takes so little to take someone off the field these days. I, yeah. I feel like that it must have there's a shift in the game, I guess. But it seems to me that although they're taking, you know, they're doing like the, the special exercises for maximum like health and all these things and there's more injuries than ever before, which I think is interesting. I don't know. I know that I I've definitely heard uh, old timey pitchers talking about, and I know like uh, Ferguson Jenkins, the great Canadian from <clears throat> Chatham, Ontario uh, <laughs> talks about how the pitchers in those days would never lift weights. Like bulking up was the antithesis. Oh no. Antithesis. Sorry, my oh, wife. Okay. Every so often, it like springs in and out. Um, from antithesis. Yeah, antith- go from antithesis. Not that far. Um, it, it's just not what what pitchers were were supposed to do. And I'm like, I know nothing about it. Obviously, whatever they're doing now is the right thing to be doing 
because they can, everyone's throwing hundred miles an hour and yeah. all of their are unbelievable. But back in the day, nobody lifted weights and everyone threw 300 innings. And it was like everyone yeah. threw 300 innings, complete games. People weren't getting hurt. But I, I actually imagine that people weren't getting hurt as much. <laughs> yeah, I like, think there was a lot more of those Mark Burley type pitchers that yes. are just locating their pitches. And it wasn't really about speed. It was about the mix and about yeah, location. 100%. Yeah. And honestly, those guys always blow my mind because they're throwing like 80 eight and it's like wow they're killing it like so i mean obviously there's something to be said about i think those types of pitchers are more fewer and far between now right we have more velocity guys more let's refine this guy who throws 101 and try to get him at least have two pitches and hopefully just use him sparingly versus these like guys who have five pitches and go nine innings like that doesn't really exist anymore and the blue jays have one of them we've got hunjin ryu He's like, well, but yeah. I mean, but he's a little, he's being a little bit baby. Like, I feel like it's kind of like, he's now the Kawhi of Toronto sports. Really. <laughs> Love the um, day of rest. The extra right. Day. Yeah. Like the extra day of rest. And, and, you know, they're talking about like, maybe he doesn't start as often or he ends the season with less starts, but hopefully he's healthy. Yeah. So it's why, why is so that though? Focused. I feel like he must've had injuries coming in. Cause it's been like, you know, it's from the get go is it was like, we're keeping an eye on him. We're keeping an eye on him. And I remember being like, what is he? Is he broken? Like, why, why did we spend so much money to sign this guy? If we're concerned, he can even go. Cause when he's, he's like, traditionally he's like, like a 200 inning pitcher. No, am I wrong on that? Is he usually like a workhorse pitcher? Yes. Because I believe what it is. I think in the Korean leagues, they pitch every six days. They don't. Uh, pitch oh, so but I think for most of his career, well, for his career in Korea, he was pitching every six days, and he just got used to that routine. So I think he did as much as he could. I think he did the same thing in LA, but it kept him healthy. And you can still accumulate 200 innings pitching every six days. Yeah, um, but people longer into the game, of course. Yeah, exactly. yeah, yeah, and yeah. So it's it's it is a bit of a trade off, and. To be honest, like the the numbers seem to support it that he's not as good going every five days. As Fair. Wow. Okay, that, sounds, that makes that more specific. sense. Yeah, yeah, I just remember thinking, like, why are we like, like, what, what is it with this guy that we have to be so concerned about? Can um, I throw that in the mix? More. Then, if you're a pitcher that is awesome, but you have to take less days to do it, are you a good pitcher? Like, does like you know what I mean? Like, as someone who can do it every five days which, you know, at the end of the year adds up to what, like maybe 20 more starts potentially. Like, does that, is that like not preferable? Like I think, or I don't know, I was just throwing that out to the group, but I, I mean, obviously he's an amazing pitcher. I'm just curious as to that that's a weakness. Well, I think it's like, it's like quality over quantity, I guess maybe it's like you get more pitches out of him, but are his pitches worse? So it's like, mm-hmm. if he starts less, but he, his win loss percentage is way better is that better than I guess it's almost like picking do you want to have innings pitched as your like stat to focus on or do you want to focus on like your win-loss percentage but he's a, he's an off-speed guy right like he's not even like a velocity guy so you no. think that he would no. be able to manage it better because he's mostly curveballs and, and change-ups the right? yeah he's a kind of right I think Burley though is like spectacular yeah, control Burley. I don't know if he has quite the same control right yeah, yeah. I, I remember like people definitely nowadays people like really prize the pitcher who's the innings eater. Mm -hmm. And I remember like 
I, I, under, I totally get it. Sounds like a monster something? from under my bed or something like that. It's like Dickie's one thing that was good about him. Yeah. Eating, that's like the thing that we would say, oh, he's an, eat, an innings eater, though. We're down six you know, nothing, but he ate a six innings. Something so like unsatisfying and unsexy about a pitcher who's an innings eater. It's like, yeah, big time. Great. Like, great. Like, he has good personality <laughs> for a pitcher. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> So glad to have R.A. Dickey, like, fucking lottery ticket. <laughs> I don't care if you pitch 200 innings if you've lost every game. Like, every single game. <laughs> oh, man. He has one good game in 10. You're like, well, I'm just super excited for this one game. And you're like, Is I he know, the like, biggest Blue Jays bust, you think? Is he like, well, who's your biggest Blue Jays bust? I would throw that out there. because I, I think he might be for me because he came in. I was so happy we got him. Yeah. And he just was so – and on top of that, he had to put Tolly in, so that's gonna, you had two bad players out to, to compensate. It was like to me one of the worst, and I really was all for it because I a side. And who did we lose? I, Didn't we lose like Travis Darnold and like Cindergard yeah. or something stupid like that? And it was like we lost two. It, it, <laughs> it's it's actually I, I understand the, the years after. It's like fuck. Yeah, guards. I mean, I think I think that if if you had found out that the Blue Jays could have gotten the reigning NL Cy Young winner and they didn't get him, you'd be pretty pissed after 100%. the fact. 100%. Yeah. 100%. But, yeah. That's what baseball what. is, right? Like, you're constantly like, oh, what if? It's like, maybe maybe Syndergaard would have stayed with us and he would have been garbage. Like, yeah. you know, it's like, you talk, it's, I, the same, it's the same argument with Jose Bautista, right? <laughs> he, like, bounced around the league to so many different teams. He was kind of like a nobody player. And mm. then all it took, seemingly, was, like, a different level of attention or somebody else teaching him something different. And then he's like back-to-back home run leader. And like, yeah. Yeah. That's, that's this year. That's Matt's. Would you guys yeah. say that's Matt's? That's yeah. like our pitcher that was like not doing well with the Mets. And this year he's like, I arguably our best pitcher so, so far. far. Yeah. I remember like the, him starting the game and it, I think he was, he started an afternoon game. So I had it on at work behind me. No, I didn't, but I did. Um, <laughs> I admit that out loud. So I was like, oh, God, and hopefully no one from my work pays attention. But it's streaming behind me, and I hear, like, Buck and Tabby are like, he had the second highest ERA in all of the majors last year. And I literally was like, then why the fuck, why is he on the mound? Sorry. <laughs> like, why is he on the mound? I'm like, this is absolute garbage. And then he was great. He was lights out. And I went, mm, okay, thank you. Nice. Um, I was like, I but I honestly was, and of course I'm talking to myself because no one's around when I'm working, but I, I was like, why are we doing this? This is a mistake. This is how bad, like, this is the player that we have. This is awful. Pete uh, Walker, man. Like, Pete Walker is a magician. Walker. He's yeah. like a magician. Yeah. I remember being really mad when like Butter Butterfield, was yeah. that the yeah, yeah. he left? I was like, no, I like him so much. And now I'm like, whatever. I didn't know they weren't the same person. But I'm like, now it's like if Pete Walker goes, that's gonna devastate. That will hurt. That will hurt. Like, Jay, lock him up. Don't lock up Charlie. Once Once you're in a a Boston Red Sox jersey, though, it's like fuck you. It's like, oh yeah, you're done. You're dead to me. You You are dead to me. Butterfield is somewhere totally random now. He's not with Boston. I saw him. I feel like I saw him in a Blue Jays play this team. Yeah, Um, and and I of course everyone Texas Royals. Yeah, is he Kansas City or Texas? Oh, neither of those teams. Who do they play? Anaheim. I mean, he might be with the with the Angels. I think. The only, that's the only the only series I didn't watch was the Anaheim. I didn't oh, see Oh really? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Those um, Angels in the outfield. Yeah. <laughs> oh yeah. Like Otani. Otani's the Angel. Oh Otani. Yeah. 
We could turn this into a broader baseball. Talk. Yeah, just, yeah. I was like, never mind. I don't want to. I don't want to go down that road. Like, but speaking of a little bit more broadly, um, do you guys have thoughts and feelings about the rest of the league before we return to focus on the Jays to wrap things up? I do. I miss Kevin Pillar. Can I say that? <laughs> do you, do I do not miss Kevin Pillar at all. Uh, I, I miss him zero percent. <laughs> okay, well, fine. I miss Kevin. We, <laughs> we we replace him with something that can hit. That's what yeah. I like. You know, it's like okay. <laughs> I, I just like anytime Jackie Robinson Day, I think of that like first like cleat yeah. in the in the thing, and I'm gonna crawl up the wall, and it just always gets me really nostalgic. That was a beautiful. I mean, he's got some beautiful moments. One hundred percent. There's no question about that. That's fair. Okay. To me, Kevin Pillar will stay in the pantheon of Blue Jay greats, such as Reed Johnson, <laughs> Rajai Davis. Yeah, and oh, McDonald's. Yeah, I liked Rajay Davis. <laughs> Rajay was so cute. Arguably, Rajay Davis is like not even probably not even arguably. Rajay Davis is the best ball player of that group I just named. Yeah, maybe Otis Nixon, but like it's like Rajay Otis, and then probably like a big gap, and then. Yeah. Sorry. Roger Davis always played better elsewhere than with us. I found he always was, yeah. and also when he played against us, it's always a huge thorn in our side. That yeah, every like, ex Blue Jay just loves. Why were you? Damn. Well, that's it for Detroit. He would do stuff, and then I remember watching whatever the uh, he was on Cleveland when they played the, the Cubs. Yeah, and I remember just being like, "Man, Roger, yeah. where did you what?" Why aren't we in the playoffs? <laughs> like with yeah, you, exactly. you stupid fool. That always happens at playoffs. So there's always that one or two ex-Jays that are like, "What is he doing on that team?" God yeah. damn, yeah. always happens. Yeah, and that's it. You're just like so mad. You're like, I don't even remember losing you, but I, we <laughs> lost you. Yeah, when did you? I thought you were still a Blue Jay. <laughs> <laughs> I just thought you were in the minors. I didn't even know. <laughs> I, I wanted to add, uh, Max. You brought up. The one J I think is the, the the most underrated of the young squad. I want to throw this in there, which is Guriel. I, I I think there was so much talk about us getting rid of Guriel was one of the yeah. hot button guys we're going to trade Portland for. Door. And I was so against it because I think he's such a great. He's got so much potential. Mm-hmm. I think he's the underrated of that group. I know Biggio and, and Bichette and rightfully so and, and Guriel get that attention, but I think he's the fourth, the, the sort of invisible fourth that is equally important in my eyes to the, as that, as that core group. Totally. I think he just hasn't, he just hasn't like seemed to find a stride. I think that was it is he kind of seemed to kind of be like, he'd have hot and cold moments, but he wouldn't have stretches of them. Yeah. And I think injury game and then a cold game. Yeah. Yeah. Injury really takes him down. Yeah. I agree with you that like, yeah, I I don't know that you think it's fluke Melissa. Do you think that's, I I always think that if it wasn't for injury, I think that would, he would be a great, yeah, I, I agree with you because you see like kind of glimpses of greatness and I think, um, and yeah, and, and they are, they're like a little, like you kind of like need all four of them almost. They form this like little mm-hmm. square, mm-hmm. Um, but, but it's, yeah, it's, it's like they, they, cause they have all kind of come up together and they support one another that, um, no, I agree with you. I think he was one and he's also just fun. And like, it cycles back to my thing. Like, I guess like, I miss like Muninori Kawasaki. Like when he was around, it was like, <laughs> I remember, I remember when he was on the team and I was talking to a friend of mine at a bar and I was like, they were like, the Jays suck. And I'm like, the Jays need to listen to Kawasaki and they all need to remember to have fun. And he was like, no, no, no. And he was going on and on. And I was like, no, it's a game. 
through and through. They got into this because they love it and they get all into their heads and it becomes this mental battle. And then they're like, oh, rah, 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 rah. and egos come in. And it's like Kawasaki's there like singing songs and being a goofball. And it just was so infectious. So that's it. It's like, I feel like they, the four of them, or maybe like, maybe Guriel and Vladdy a little bit more. Bo and Kevin seem to be kind of the, ser- the more serious of the two mm-hmm. or of the four. But it's like, they, it's like, have fun. Like, yeah, like I want to see you guys hanging out when you're in the dugout and like silly and doing this, it's like, remember that because I think that takes the pressure that an entire country of people are putting on them too. Right. I always felt like Kawasaki though. It's like when you're a player that has this sort of skill set, which I would say is diminished comparatively to other players, you're just so freaking happy that you're playing in the major league level that something is infectious and just about your excitement to play at that level. You know, I I think that was like a, and bush parties which is just ridiculous and so hilarious great. i would say about uh, to circle back to lourdes guriel i think um in my mind uh number one you could create a really um a really intense drinking game by uh if you <laughs> if you took a shot every time uh buck uh or tabby talked about how lourdes guriel is such a good breaking ball hitter <laughs> literally every time he gets to the plate, they're like he's You're gonna do that like, they play at eight tonight don't they like, they're playing right now and oh they're playing got an rbi single so oh. it's so funny pat tabby and 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 buck okay. say the same shit all the time oh, oh, like they, especially tabby tabby likes to say the same talking points yeah. about his players i you probably could go on for a number of ones you could probably yeah. you know what my favorite one is is that guy's just a ball player <laughs> i think they're all and we all just we all just like nod like we're like oh yeah we get it announcer that isn't tabby who's getting a lot of time these days yeah yeah showman man yeah. showman makes him look like he like, like my dad is the, behind the booth you know what i mean like, <laughs> dan showman i will say this i think dan showman could be low-key the best part about the blue jays uh dan showman is a legit like big time national and at like and he's canadian he went to western and i think he studied oh, broadcasting right. at western and he's from toronto but he like went to the u.s and ended up signing like he worked for espn and for the long i never he still does doesn't he canadian for the longest time and apparently he like worked for tsn and he, he called blue jay games in the 90s and then um went to the U.S., worked for ESPN. He does, like, he would do Sunday night baseball and, like, all sorts of, like, playoff games, super high-profile announcer. And then, like, the I don't know how, but Sportsnet bagged him to be the Blue Jays guy. Like, it's crazy. He still, I think, or at least up until last year, he was still taking Sundays off to go and do Sunday night baseball, the radio. I think he he still does. Yeah. My parents were talking about that, that they like, it was a day Jays game and then they watched whatever was on at night and, and it's, and it was Dan Schulman. And it's like, I mean, and that's the joy of like joy of COVID, but like, you know, he's doing them all from his home. So it's just kind of mm-hmm. like you plug into one database for Sportsnet and you plug into another. Yeah. For ESPN. And I love Buck and Pat as any red mm-hmm. Canadian. <laughs> I love Buck and Pat. They're great, but they are not good announcers. No, very I nice. think Buck Buck is like 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 what becomes the tabby 
two showmen, yes. but yes. has a, much more of a baseball IQ, I, I, I think. So it's, oh. it's so much preferable. I also like the way showman's such a professional. Like Buck will say something, and then he goes, yeah, I don't know. And he, like, he'll disagree, but in such a like classy way. Oh, and yeah, like... On, and then jumps into the score or something before there's yeah. a chance to really like let that sit. He's very really good. With Dan Shulman in the room, it's like yeah. you've got an adult in the room when he, he's in the room. <laughs> <So> great. <laughs> Speaking yeah, of adults in the room, do we have manager thoughts that we want to share for this season? Or is it kind of like, eh, whatever, we'll just ignore him. Always manager thoughts. Um, um, I'll start by saying Montoyo is such a polarizing figure because he's kind of like the anti- Cito Gaston, because Cito Gaston was the kind of guy, I'm going to run that same batting lineup, even though we've lost 13 in a row, we're still <laughs> going to do it. And, and, and Montoyo, to me, otherwise. is the, Montoyo, I think, has a dartboard. He's <laughs> just like, you're at third base. <laughs> I really feel like, I like that he's trying new things, but I would say, personally, he goes one step, like he's playing video game baseball. This guy is <laughs> bunting with two strikes. Fucking putting, I don't know what, I personally think it's one step too much. He almost overcomplicates, in my opinion. It's like he went like too far. Yeah, he makes, I think the players are confused. Am I bunting? Am I running? Like, what the fuck am I? Like, I I think that his players, especially young players who want to find consistent rhythm and you're doing wild and wacky Tampa Bay shit, but you're not Tampa Bay and you're definitely not, what's his face? You went over to the Cubbies. Like, you're not that manager. Like, you know what I mean? Like, I just think he needs to chill out. That's my personal opinion. Mm. Do you guys disagree? I feel no, like I think I just like, I mean, Kelly said, are we going to ignore him? Like, I kind of ignore him. Like, I don't How know. can you ignore him, though, when he makes a guy bunt with two strikes and like a fucking, like a situation that's like an intense, I just feel like it's, when I, if I was playing Fair. the MLB The Show and I <laughs> got out of the inning because I bunted on, uh, with Boba Shell, like, I don't even know how, what baseball is. I, I would say, like, I, I really, I don't, I don't get, I don't get the the trickery. I think trickery sometimes goes to the point where you're kind of like overcomplicating the situation. Like, just get a hit. Well, keep it's, it simple. It, as you said, it, it doesn't do a service to your players who are maybe trying to hit a stride or trying to keep a hot streak alive or something like that. So that's it. It's like it's one thing if you've kind of bottomed out and you need to be experimenting or trying radical things to like reinvigorate but when you know you've got some people hitting well like yeah like kind of like don't don't futz with it too much and that's and I agree with you like I think there's there's some futzing and I think there's also like you know you're leaving people in when maybe they shouldn't be or this so it's really it's it's not it's not thinking as well as as he could be thinking. I absolutely agree with the uh consistency thing. I think of those great Yankee teams of the late 90s that they basically had the same like one through five in the lineup between 1997 and 2000. They had like a four year stretch where they had the same one through five for four years. And like, nobody does that anymore, obviously. But if a team could get to that point where they could just, you know what the top of the order is going to be, that's great. And I think, I think, think that this team if the young guys pan out even like a fraction of what they're supposed to i think this team um has a chance of achieving that because i think if cavin biggio can start hitting something at all uh, <laughs> or just like take all the walks he used to take like i mean it would be great be <laughs> i would love for him no, to strike out like stop striking out looking all the time yeah. that's a tough look 
Um, I, do you think that pitchers have learned this guy's really patient, so he's more likely not to swing. So let's just give it down the pipe. Like I think that they're playing. Oh, for sure. They know he's patient. So they're fucking yeah. with that a little bit, yeah. I think. Well, I mean, people people study pitchers. Pitchers study players, like, 100%. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I think that's it. Like, especially because it's been such a talking point with him. Like, mm-hmm. anyone pays attention to anything, it's like, he's patient, he's patient. They he's know patient. that about him. So that's it. I think I agree with you. Like, he's they're starting to kind of be like, okay, fine. But I'm going to throw you something, and then you're going to be pissed. And, but I think for the next like, year or so, maybe a couple years, honestly, I think if the guy's – perform the way they should or the way we the way we think that they're capable um it really could be like springer one uh bichette two guerrero three and then like teoscar four Mm -hmm. after that maybe lourdes and then it gets a little bit tricky but like those five at the top would be Mm -hmm. that could be really nice top five the only problem is that you don't have a lefty in there it's all righties yeah, yeah that, that's the one. This is from MLB the show last year. So just <laughs> me using that again as my as my sort of. But yeah, the lefty situation really has changed because if you look at last year's team, in terms of batters, you have Shaw, which we no longer have, right? And we and and we had McKinney, who hasn't been getting any time, as far as I understand. Yeah, catch he made last night in San Diego. Well, oh, McKinney was playing. I haven't seen him play yet. Andy made this unbelievable. No, he doesn't play for us anymore. For the Brewers. Yeah. Oh, and I was like, no, I was like, we didn't play in San Diego. No, I want to say that. We lost a lot of our lefty Dude. bats this year. Yeah. So uh, who is our lefty? Is that a, I couldn't even. Rowdy. Think, rowdy. Josh rowdy. Ugh. Rowdy to Les. Don't even. You're not a rowdy fan? I'm not a rowdy fan because I think he's got a little bit of an attitude. And it's like. Really? Yeah. Anytime. I oh my god <laughs> but I just feel like anytime like you know he he wouldn't hit and maybe more so last year I don't know if I've seen enough this year to see if it's the same but I felt like you know he he wouldn't hit and he'd get benched for a few games and he'd be like, be, be like pouting about it and I'm like well hit the ball and you're gonna go in like it's not a hard concept to get he's also yeah but, he gets in his head I, 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 I like think that that's it it's that like he's when when I feel like when he when he's out of that, but just too often he kind of gets into a little bit. It just looks like he's he's being a little bitch, and I'm like, <laughs> dude, like you play well, you play. I feel like I don't, I don't know. know anything about what the players are feeling. I, I haven't gotten the vibe of little bitch from him personally. <laughs> That's fair. That's fair. <laughs> but I don't know. It's just one of those like they always seem so like clueless. Like, well, why aren't I playing? And it's like you yeah. want to look at your stats for the last six games. But they're young guys. Same. Remember when like you were in high school and like you got benched oh, like the yeah. whole end of your life? And it was like, like the like, worst. Like players like, oh, I'm benched. All right, I'm threatened, making Threatened to not skate, and I'd like be so stop. mad. Yeah, I was the best shortstop in my high school. Okay, <laughs> I deserve to be in the Blue Jays starting lineup. <laughs> but I, okay, I obviously that's a really dick, ridiculous thing to say, but I, I just feel like young people, you know, the them not being out there feels more intense than a guy who's like no. yeah i get it right now i'm slumping i'm gonna sit yes. out for a bit like young players take that shit to heart and i think that's for why sure. so many get sent down to the minors as a way to 
get like their a reality straight, right? check. Yeah. Right. Well, and, and that's what they always say, right? Like, I mean, you need, uh, they typically say that of like playoff teams, right? Where it's like, well, you've got the older guys with playoff experience. So it'll kind of like tone down. Cause if you, you get a lot of young guys going into the playoffs, like they're just going to be like, Oh God, this is so amazing. And then, you know, they're going to like overheat or something. Like I picture them just being like <laughs> robots or animatronics that just are like, Oh, and die. I, so I honestly never, you need never that. Like that. until I saw our players. And how they, I'm like, oh, we definitely need some veterans. Yeah, <laughs> you you need someone. some people who literally are going to be like, boy, <laughs> sit down. Like, just sit down beside me and eat your sunflower seeds and calm down. That's yeah. what I need <laughs> you to do right now. Who do we have like that? Who is our Yeah, guy? exactly. Who do we have who's a clubhouse leader right now? George Springer. Ugh. Oh, no, don't. Listen, oh, then you know I they're all going to have iPhones out, taking pictures and stuff. No, I've, got, like I've got Dave plenty Jason? to say about George Springer. <laughs> I am fine with George Springer. He, okay. I don't, I actually don't care about the cheating thing, like all that much. I didn't oh, boy. when it happened. Like I care, but I didn't really care. Like I was, as a Blue Jay fan, <laughs> I was way more concerned that they were going to land tra- uh, Trevor Bauer. Like if Trevor Bauer were a Blue Jay, then it's like, well, he's actually kind of a bad human. Whereas yeah. like George Springer cheated in baseball. He's not guess- necessarily really a bad person ah see for me i disagree because well here's the thing is that one of the things i looked most forward to in the 2020 season that never really was was to be a part of the shaming of that team every single goddamn game i wanted to see a team so reviled that they got like just decimated wherever they went i wanted that Perhaps that's the bad person in me, the, the evil Lewis in me, but I really wanted them to I get it, and they didn't right get it. If Springer had experienced that season, then I would probably feel like UMAC, but the fact that they got away scot-free without the just desserts, to me, still is a chip on my shoulder, personally. I think it's a lack of remorse. It. Like, their apologies, like, I think I think of, like, Springer, I think of Altuve's, those were not apologies to me that they, they, like there was almost like no admission that they, you, you did something, you cheated. And yes, people have cheated worse in the history of baseball. I mean, but they're all, but they're all, we've all seen like, Ken Burns. Like it's, it they're disrespected. They're, they're rightfully disrespected for all eternity. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like this. And so it's just, and then I think that's what bugs me too, is it's the like, why didn't everybody get over it? And it's like, yeah, cause nobody got to be mad about it. We didn't get yeah. to be mad in person and mm-hmm. let you know and and I think that that's that's like where I, I agree with you. Yeah, I, I'm more disappointed in Altuve. I didn't I get to Altuve, Altuve was, I thought, one of the class acts of baseball. I, I'm really, I, as a fan, I'm most disappointed in Altuve. To be honest, that's yeah. that's me. Like, I think I think Carlos Correa is the one that most people are putting all their eye on because he yeah. was he was kind of the biggest shithead of all of all of them about all of it. Um, yeah, Bregman too. People don't like Bregman. Now. Was he the one who? Who's the one who said something bad about the pitcher who came forward? Pro- oh, that Correa did that. Who did it? David Ortiz said something bad about like Big Poppy. Yeah, yeah. yeah. A yeah, lot of like players were really they don't they know that whole police mentality of don't rat. You know. Yeah, like it's like a you know where's the loyalty kind of thing. I think that's bullshit. I think that what Fires did was a hundred percent legit. Like I wouldn't want to be a part of a team's like like that is doing that actively and winning. You know, I, I think I'd have a problem with that myself, but I agree though. I mean, again, the Springer hits 30 home runs. It's like, well. <laughs> yeah, talk to, talk to me in, in three months and I might be singing a very different <laughs> tune. But 
The Blue Jays have always had their man in white in the outfield relaying signs to the batters. Yeah. You remember that whole scandal? With yeah, them? of course. They have like, like 60 wins, but they have a guy helping them. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. So, I don't know. Yeah, that's it. Nobody pays attention when you don't win the World Series about it. But Yeah, exactly. But well, I think like- that's like you talked Boston, like once he's in a Boston jersey, I hate him. Like Alex Cora goes away for a year for his participation in it and comes back and people are like, oh, it's so good to have him back. And I'm like, what? Like, just like so in my core. And I'm like, uh, I hate you already. And now yeah. I'm just going to double down. Like, it's also no. how I feel when A-Rod's behind the booth. Eh? A-Rod's just like, hey, oh. I'm a fucking asshole. But here I am. <laughs> <laughs> I, think, You're I like, think, okay, well. The most joyful thing to come out of last season was having A-Rod doing all the Sunday Night Baseballs on a consistent basis. And everybody, just everybody... <laughs> realizing and like noting how terrible an announcer he is getting on him but like remember the whole thing about bunting like he was he was he kept talking about bunting and how it's like you gotta be bunting and everyone's like a rod has bunted like four times in his entire career what are you talking about you gotta be bunting nobody bunts anymore you're not supposed to bunt anymore it's not Unless you're Matoya and then you bunt in all situations. He tried to be like Aaron tried to be the Tony Romo. Like, oh, like I maybe I mean he was a good player, but he's like, no one really liked me when I played, but maybe they'll like me as an announcer. And it's like, no, no, no. no. You know what's really messed up? Uh A-Rod was at the inauguration because J-Lo was performing. Mm-hmm. So A-Rod was like on the dais at the inauguration. And all baseball fans everywhere was like, what the hell is A-Rod doing at Biden? <laughs> he hadn't screwed up his relationship with Jennifer Lopez yet at that juncture. God. Um, switching gears a little bit back to baseball. <laughs> as much as I, I want to talk about J-Lo and A-Rod's breakup, um, how do you guys feel about, because I have very mixed feelings about this crazy extra innings rule that seems to me like a massive change. Yeah, I fucking hate it. I, yeah. I hate it flat out. Some people Runner like the second thing. Is that what you're talking about? The su- Yeah, I, I dislike it. I, I think it's such a, it's, it's specifically why I don't like it is because I think it's unfair to the pitcher. So you're telling me you're the the, the closing pitcher. You've got two outs. A guy does a loop, a, a looping single, and you've lost the game. Like I think that that's not fair. I just don't think mm-hmm. that that a man on second is such pressure on a pitcher to even it's enter that pressure. scenario like that is a completely different mindset for the pitcher. I don't think it's fair, personally. You know what? Well, I also haven't seen it shorten games. I've seen it where like they still go into like two, three, four extra innings just with this guy on second every time. So it's like if your intention was to shorten a game and make it like one or half it's like then it didn't work it's failed yeah and if it doesn't work then especially is it just an, i think it's a bastard i mean i'm not one of those people who's a super traditionalist with every single aspect of baseball as baseball often is but with this i just feel like especially i'm looking at it from a play as a, a, again <laughs> i can't talk about baseball without talking about video game baseball as i don't play it <laughs> but i just think that it's so much pressure when you're in a ninth inning situation a tenth in these situation, I just think it's so fuck. What an what an advantage! And you see some of these teams like uh, that have the, the real speedsters. What an advantage it is to have speedsters in that situation. Suddenly, yeah. a guy stealing third, and like it just to me, it just unbalances the end of the game. And, and totally I finally understand because I remember with hockey, people were talking about the shootout, and I'm like, what's the problem? Because I'm not a hockey fan. As a baseball fan, I finally understand why people don't like to shootout. It really changes the entire end game of a, of a ball game. 
Yeah. I or, think- or like if you could get, cause in hockey, it's like, you still get a point if you lose in the shootout. So in terms of like your ranking, but that's mm-hmm. it in baseball, it's just a loss. You yeah. just take it as the loss. It's not like you get half or something. And so it, it, it there's an advantage to it. It's uh, so, yeah. Yeah. I I'm, I'm also, I feel like I'm, I'm a, I can't, I never know if I'm a traditionalist or not. It's really hard for me to know what I am, but I don't like this one. And I, I know that like, I feel like just MLB and Rob Manfred have like tried to impose a few things on the game that will like speed up the game, but mm-hmm. it's so myopic. It's like, it's not, these are not fixes that are going to actually speed up the game. And like, for me, and they're not targeting me, but for me, I'm like, <laughs> I love a five hour ball game. Give me, make every ball game five hours. But um, you're a unique breed. In it. You're yeah. unique. But like, but that's part of what it is, is it's like, you're like, I'm going to sit and this game could meander. Yeah. There could be nothing that happens for a while, but that's the joy of it. So I yeah. agree with you, Mac, where it's and just like, don't, like, don't futz with it. It is what it is. It's such yeah. a, it's a decision made entirely for the TV, like channels. Right, yeah. that it stays in prime time, and it's so to me that feels really cynical. And I understand, like, it's very easy to understand why they thought it was a good idea. Yeah. But I agree, like, I like a long baseball game. I like the fact that you can't run out the clock on a baseball game. Like, yeah. it could go forever, literally. Yeah. And that there's, I think, something about a person whose favorite sport is baseball. That's an, a feature, not a bug. And there are too many, especially in Canada, there are too many fans who are baseball fans because hockey season's over. And so to them, it feels like a bug, not a feature that baseball is like that. The nature of the game being so slow and meandering. And I think that they're trying to fix it and they don't, they shouldn't fix it. And they're fixing it for cynical commercial reasons. And it makes me sad. Yeah, I totally agree. I, I want to say, go back to, 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 to keep on riffing on that. Cause Mac, you said, are you a traditionalist? I think the number one traditionalist question is kind of a pivot but I have this argument with a lot of my friends, some of them who I believe are as much a baseball fan as myself. It, it really, the big one is, is the mechanical umpire because, you know, as we see, there's so many bum calls from umps, but that's part of the game, the human error of an umpire's call. What are your takes on it guys? Cause I personally am, especially like the video game again, <laughs> but you could turn that on and off. You could have Pritchard perfect strike zone, or you can have real, each ump has its own sort of strike zone. I always keep it on that human error side because that to me is baseball. That bum call and you're out and fuck. Like to me, that is baseball. Whereas my friend Mike, who's also a big baseball fan, was a, would a hundred percent sign it tomorrow if it meant that we always knew strikes and balls were were, were never were air free. I'm curious to your thoughts because I I dislike it. I'm I I think there's I think there are a couple of things at play. I think this. This is like not, this is probably not cool, but I think the umpires union, I'm all for unionization, please everybody unionize. But I think the umpires union carries a lot of weight around MLB. And I think the idea that uh, um, a lot of umpires um, seem to act with total impunity around around their behavior in the game has kind of gotten a bit ridiculous over the last like 10 years. Like, I feel like as a kid watching baseball, I never noticed umpires. And there are great umpire gaffes. Uh, Don Denkinger in the 1985 World Series blew a call that eventually won the World Series for Kansas City. And it was like, that's a historic moment. Obviously, if you're a Cardinals fan, uh, 
for whom that call <laughs> not was so much. <laughs> it was like they did not like that. But I think there there are little intro, idiosyncrasies like that that I I, can, I think I could live with. I think all ball fans could live with because now at this point everyone talks about oh Don Deng- the Don Dengager call blah 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 blah. But like I think if you're seeing more and more like somebody like Angel Hernandez or some of these uh, umpires calling balls and strikes who are consistently terrible and consistently like kind of missing like missing the strike zone there needs to be some sort of accountability i feel like within the umpires union or like i feel like the umpires have to take it upon themselves to be like we have to improve our game calling i feel like like somebody review the umpires and then be like hey you know you miss this like yeah like a performance review who's performance reviewing the umpire exactly and there are performance reviews and I believe they are given a report afterwards, but there's no accountability with it. So I feel like somebody like Angel Hernandez, who everyone has been getting after for years now, who's been consistently inconsistent with his ball and strike calls. He, it, there's no, there's no comeuppance for that. They haven't said like, okay, you're not going to be behind home plate or we're demoting you to AAA or whatever. They just keep running him out there and he keeps messing up games. And so I feel like that's part of the problem. Lewis, I'm totally with you. I think absolutely some of the beauty of baseball is that there's there are umpires who have a strike zone and you learn the strike zone during the game and pitcher and batter alike learn to adapt to that, to that mm-hmm. zone. So then every game has this really beautiful sort of like uh, hyper-specific inner game that happens around the plate where you talk about Greg Maddox, where everyone said he was thrown to a 21 inch wide plate by the end of the game, because he was able to just expand and like motivate the umpire to give him an inch more and then an inch more and then an inch more batters, great hitters who are renowned for having great eyes at the plate can maybe get a call in their favor up in the zone or down at the knees because the umpires know. And so there's this constant give and take that I think is really, really beautiful and really, really important. I don't want to see automation of the, of the strike zone, but I want to see way more accountability. Yeah. I could agree more, Mac. I, I find like the thing, yeah, I don't, I agree. Like I don't want an automated one, but I do want somebody who calls a little bit more. Like I hate looking at those replays where like the catcher catches something and literally moves it like six inches higher. All the framers, and yeah, the then, framers. Yeah, I'm like, I am so over that. That's so no, irritating. There's some guys something that like, looks Russell, so clear. Russell like, Narden, so though. Clearly. That's true. And maybe that's He was it. the number one guy at doing that and he was our favorite. And he but was like just, the number one guy at that But I'm movie. sure if I if he was on another team, and, and maybe that's true, but it just, I I feel like I've seen it lately. And, and I'm for like a little move. I get that. That happens. But I feel like I've seen some lately. And it's like, he's moving it like the size of a sub, a yeah. sub up. And then he's getting a strike call. And I'm like, I kind of love it because it's, it's like a sleight of hand. I almost, I almost, I almost love it because if you can really do it that well, and some guys are really fucking are good. very like, good at it. You're right. It's I honestly think it's kind of like, well, god yeah. damn, like that's a pretty. Well, like, you're catching you, the ball. You tricked the old man behind you. Yeah, that's Actually, true. It's, it's that's so true. funny you bring that up too because that's actually the number one thing I would miss if they Is went the, to like the framing become an art. Over the last like 20 years, yeah. it's become a real art in catching. And it's been a statistic that that has been tracked now. Catcher framing has been a statistic that's being tracked and logged away. And catchers have become known for their framing abilities, which is really kind of interesting. That's like, like a shift in the entire game. Yeah. Like if that's it, you've got like a whole new crew of catchers who are like, 
learning it through the minors, learning it through wherever yeah. they go to school or play like, or whatever. I feel um, like it's a game shift. Lost, yeah. There'd be this lost skill set that some catchers have spent their lives trying to figure out. Like there's a there's a catcher named Tyler Flowers. I don't know if you guys know Tyler. I know Flowers. Tyler. I remember Tyler Flowers, yeah. He was with the White Sox for a long time and then the Braves. He might still be with the Braves. He might be somewhere else. I always thought he was just a dumb idiot. I never <laughs> thought he flowers. And it turns out he's like the number one pitch framer. He's really like, framing capabilities are insane. And so like you get, you know, and, and it feels ridiculous, but actually umpires know, but the idea that certain catchers can just subtly influence a call here or there is yeah. so, so crazy. It's so yeah. bad. I think they do. They do. They kind of catch it like down like this. But they keep their hand here. They just like lift it like as if. Yeah, you know, I just yeah. think, I think it's this such a nice. fucking cool. Those who do it well, it really when they see those reasons to replay, I think it's super impressive. I, yeah. I guess I I actually never even knew about that as a skill set until Russell Martin. Right, that was really what they always talked about with him. And then you saw him, and you saw him trying anyway. to do it, so that's not getting it. You're like, oh, he's oh, yeah. good. Like, yeah. like, you know who? Maybe maybe I don't know if you're thinking of this initially, but maybe you have in your brain imprinted Gary Sanchez. I don't think Gary Sanchez is a very good pitch framer, but he doesn't, he is the like most Yankees obvious, Gary Sanchez, right? Yeah, yeah. He is the most obvious guy. He moves a lot. His glove moves. It, it, That's like, it. It's like, it's like be the, smart with it. Like yeah. move, move. He doesn't get yeah. away with it though. He doesn't get away. I see him. Doing I'm sure he got some, like maybe he got some, but that that's always my thing. It's like, yeah, that, that little sleight of hand. Cause that's the thing about sleight of hand, right? It's slight, small. Yeah. It's little. Um, <laughs> don't be, like, don't be moving. Yeah. Don't be like, I'm counted over here, but I'm going to frame it here. And you're like, that's not. Uh, no. Actually, <laughs> I, I got to witness every so often this happens as a joke in a major league baseball game. And I saw one that happened like, yesterday where a pitch bounces it bounces like five feet in front of the plate and the catcher caught it and then framed it and you're like dude <laughs> why not like, though why not try every time the catcher shot it, i guess and nope. like see where but it, it is really cute it's like that's very <laughs> they do it and then they all laugh you know <laughs> yeah. like, did it work no okay well it was worth a shot it's like those guys who take the ball and they like pretend to tag you know they're just fucking around they tag the guy oh the like, like the invisible ball thing. yeah like they're trying to and then it's like, i don't know i love that camaraderie what was his name the third baseman of texas was so funny with that stuff oh adrian beltre adrian oh. beltre all he ever did was mess around like that i saw like all these great clips and yeah. and reels of him I, I i love i love that player i don't know yeah. why i don't want to only like texas that brings it back to what Melissa started out by saying is that like, it's a game and let's have fun and yeah. remember that because like, it's fun for us when it seems like they're having fun playing it. Cause it is a game. I remember um, in the 2005 series against Texas, because obviously Adrian Beltre and Elvis Andres were such huge, important, pivotal characters in that great seventh inning. Elvis Andres. Oh, five or 15. Sorry. Oh, five or 15. 15. Okay. Um, I was like, ooh, I don't yeah. know if I remember. We were so bad in 2005. I was like, I don't feel like we were good then. Crazy enough, really, really bad. was like well-established big leaguer in 2005. Oh, he was. That's yeah, why was he's been around right. forever. I was like, well, it um, could have made sense. Like, I was so like, five. I remember during that series, like the the Adrian Beltre as as a character in baseball is he's an amazing man, but. Adrian Beltre and Elvis Andrews together are the best. They were best, but they seemed like good buds, but they were always messing around with each other. 
And I remember during that series, I showed my wife the like some highlights of, I was like, you're going to like this Adrian Beltre guy and Elvis Andrews. They're really cute together. They do, they like pat each other's heads and they blah, blah, blah. Oh, did I lose you? No, you're still, you're, you're still there. there. You froze, but your voice was going. So I was like showing her like vids of them, you know, being clowns and being really funny together. And then that, you know, then that game happened and Elvis Andrews had all these horrible errors that like contributed to the bat flip. And then I remember when I went to meet, I was at the game with Kelly. And then when we, when we left, I went and we went. You and were at that her. game? Yeah. Kelly and I went together. So was yeah. I. Oh. And I, Kelly and I went to go meet Sophie afterwards. And Sophie was like, we we're reminiscing about the game and just like basking in the jubilation. But Sophie was like, do you think Elvis Andrews is going to be okay? Like, Oh, that's think, so sweet. That's so sweet, but very true. <laughs> I actually thought the same thing. That's the kind of game that could make you that want to stop like playing baseball. Make like, or you break you. Yeah. yeah. And he is happily a member of the Oakland Athletics right now. He's fine. He's doing great. <laughs> okay. It's, it's, it's we so check funny. in Beltran, regularly. He's yeah. fine. <laughs> Beltran and Andrews and were the two only two players that team I liked. <laughs> like the only ones I would ever speak positive yeah. to about yeah. at all. Yeah. Yeah. The rest of that team was garbage. I went you didn't love Odor. Odor, oh. now he's all cleaned mm-hmm. up. He's even more of a toad. Honestly, I'm not gonna lie. That photo of like Ruffnet Odor to the Yankees, he has to shave. I was like, yes, you do. I was like, yeah, you shave right. off that. You, <clears throat> I, I need to still. That Yankee thing's one of my favorite things. I think it's so funny seeing these very, very hairy players go there and completely transform into a mannequin. It's yeah. so you know weird. What? It's like erase all personality. It's like it feels like you're a Yankee. That's right. all that it matters. It's not really erasing personality and like doing this like weird, like totally archaic Yankee thing. That's like, yeah, it's like the blue man group. You look like everyone looks the same. It's like, what Everybody the heck? looks the same. And so many guys look kind of like silly and kind of like ugly. Like yeah. James Paxton was a perfectly handsome man. And he, <laughs> and he looks so strange and kind of like hangdog haggard. <laughs> like, ooh, that look a real face. <laughs> Some of those men have facial hair for a reason. <laughs> like, yeah. like, and when Yankees, when Yankees get traded away and then they grow out their beards or like get a little scruff and a little hair. It's like David Letterman. It's like David yeah, Letterman. Players like, yeah. <laughs> oh, you're a handsome man. <laughs> uh, Vlad Jr., second hit of the night. Boom. He's I know they're up. Uh, are they fought four, yeah, four nothing four now? Nothing. When you're when you're managing a Blue Jays squad, having a Guerrero Junior and a Guriel Junior can be very fucking confusing. Yeah, like it's, it's very. Like, oh my god, so many mistakes. Like I didn't want him in there. <laughs> the reason why everybody calls him Vlad. Yeah, yeah. it's just Vlad. easier. Um, but I want to let you guys go watch the rest of that game. So, do we have any concluding thoughts before we go? I'm excited. I mean, I always am excited for baseball. I think it's that beautiful spot where we're like still in April and like nothing's terrible yet. Um, (laughs) But this year also feels a little bit different. I mean, I'm with Lou though. Like I'm sad. Like my last like four or five years have been very Jays focused, you know, 30, 40 games a season with my mom. um, And just with like, no, no games last year, no games this year. Like I know she's feeling it a lot and it's, it is. So it's like, yeah, like, a part of me would really be sad, but another part of me is like, just play the game and play it so well and like, you know, throw it in everybody's faces. So I'm definitely still, still excited. Um, but I want to throw this. Excited. Yeah, let's throw this out there. Do you guys think that the Jays make the playoffs? Do you think that there's a chance we could see that in Canada? I'm just throwing it out there. 
Not with the way, I don't know, not with the way Toronto is right now. Like that's a lot to go from to the, the whole optics of trying to get that many people into a downtown Toronto location. And but, I don't but, know how I feel about like, I like Lou, you've been to games. I've been to games when there's not many people in there. Like it's not fun. I think though, the watching, watching UFC and other sports where they're sort of slowly integrating uh, audience into it. When you're going from no audience to even half audience, it does feel much different. It does. Yeah. Ha- I mean, I, I just wonder because, you know, an optimist in me is hoping by, you know, September, you know, we would be in a better position than we are currently. I just wonder, you know, if if we were and the Jays did make the playoffs, would there be any? Do you think that uh, that there's any potential of that? I'm just, I mean, I'm saying that. As I would love that. <laughs> yeah, I'll I'll jump on that optimist train with you, and I will be there with bells on. Let me tell you, if, mm-hmm. if it's a possibility, my mom's keeping money with Rogers for a reason, so that uh, <laughs> when that opens up, she gets uh, first priority, and we will definitely be there. So mm-hmm. I would love it, but uh, yeah, fingers yeah. crossed. Fingers crossed. Yeah. I think I think this Jays team has a chance to do some really, really special things. And I mean, they just like it really is like, hey, I would not be surprised if they won 60 games, and I would not be surprised if they won 90 games. 100 percent Yeah. Any and it's probably it's gonna be somewhere in between, but like, man, if they can realize their potential. That it's going to be really special, and it's just so much fun to watch them as they as they do it. You know, oh, yeah. So fun. This team is so goddamn fun. Everybody yeah. watches the baseball team. Holy shit! <laughs> Turn it on, on right note, now. Thank you for joining us, guys, and we'll see you again next year. Yay. Yeah, for sure. Thanks, Thanks so much, this. Kelly. So good to talk Everybody. to you guys.